Chapter 11 of The War of Antichrist with the Church and Christian Civilization. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The War of Antichrist with the Church and Christian Civilization by Monsignor George F. Dillon. Chapter 11 freemasonry after the fall of napoleon it would be very interesting if we had time to enter into the many intrigues of that very same body of illuminati who had planned and executed the revolution and had then created successively the directory the consulate and the empire in france as they now posed in a new capacity as friends to the return of monarchy in europe generally this they did for the purposes of the freemasons and in order to keep the power they wielded so long in their own hands and in the hands of their party now i wish you to note that weishaupt the father of the illuminati and the fanatical and deep director of all its operations was even then living in power and security at coburg gotha and that his wily confederates were ministers in every court of europe then as now the invincible determination with which they secreted their quality from the eyes of monarchs as well as of the general public enabled them to pose in any character or capacity without fear of being detected as freemasons or at least as illuminati since the reign of frederick the great they filled the court of berlin many minor german princes continued to be freemasons the duke of brunswick was the central figure in the first masonic conspiracy and though with the hypocrisy common to the sect he issued a declaration highly condemnatory of his fellows it is generally believed that he remained to the end attached to the regeneration of humanity in the interests of atheism the court of vienna was more or less masonic since the reign of the wretched joseph the second alexander of russia was educated by la harpe a freemason and at the very period when called upon to play a principal part in the celebrated holy alliance he was under the hidden guidance of others of the illuminati fessler an apostate austrian religious the counsellor of joseph the second after having abjured christianity remained while professing a respect for religion its most determined enemy he founded what is known as the Tugendbund, a society by which German Freemasonry put on a certain Christian covering in order more securely to outlive the reaction against atheism and to de-Christianize the world again at a better opportunity. The Tugendbund refused to receive Jews and devised many other means to deceive Christians to become substantially Freemasons without incurring church censures or going against ideas then adverse to the old freemasonry which nevertheless continued to exist as satanic as ever under christian devices in france the illuminati of the schools of wilhelmsbad and lyon continued their machinations without much change of front though they covered themselves with that impenetrable secrecy which the sect has found so convenient for disarming public suspicion while pursuing its aims possessing means of deceiving the outside world and capable of using every kind of hypocrisy and ruse 
the freemasons of both france and germany plotted at this period with more secure secrecy and success than ever there is nothing which freemasonry dreads more than light it is the one thing it cannot stand therefore it has always taken care to provide itself with adepts and allies able to disarm public suspicion in its regard should outsiders endeavor to find out its real character and aims it takes refuge at once under the semblance of puerility of harmless amusement of beneficence or even of half-witted simplicity it is content to be laughed at in order not to be found out but it is for all its puerility the same dangerous foe to christianity law legitimacy and order which it proved itself to be before and during the first french revolution and which it will continue to be until the world has universal reason to know the depth the malignity and the extent of its remorseless designs footnote at the council of verona held by the european sovereigns in eighteen twenty two to guard their thrones and peoples from the revolutionary excesses which threatened spain naples and piedmont the count haugwitz minister of the king of prussia who then accompanied his master made the following speech arrived at the end of my career i believe it to be my duty to cast a glance upon the secret societies whose power menaces humanity to-day more than ever their history is so bound up with that of my life that i cannot refrain from publishing it once more and from giving some details regarding it my natural disposition and my education having excited in me so great a desire for information that i could not content myself with ordinary knowledge i wished to penetrate into the very essence of things but shadow follows light thus an insatiable curiosity develops itself in proportion to the efforts which one makes to penetrate further into the sanctuary of science these two sentiments impelled me to enter into the society of freemasons it is well known that the first step which one makes in the order is little calculated to satisfy the mind that is precisely the danger to be dreaded for the inflammable imagination of youth scarcely had i attained my majority when not only did i find myself at the head of masonry but what is more i occupied a distinguished place in the chapter of high grades before i had the power of knowing myself before i could comprehend the situation in which i had rashly engaged myself i found myself charged with the superior direction of the masonic reunions of a part of prussia of poland and of russia masonry was at that time divided into two parts in its secret labors the first place in its emblems the explanation of the philosopher's stone deism and non-atheism was the religion of these sectaries the central seat of their labors was at berlin under the direction of the dr zumdorf it was not the same with the other part of which the duke of brunswick was the apparent chief in open conflict between themselves the two parties gave each other the hand in order to obtain the dominion of the world to conquer thrones to serve themselves with kings as an order such was their aim it would be superfluous to explain to you in what manner in my ardent curiosity i came to know the secrets of the one party and of the other the truth is the secret of the two sects is no longer a mystery for me that secret 
is revolting it was in the year seventeen seventy seven that i became charged with the direction of one part of the prussian lodges three or four years before the convent of wilhelmsbad and the invasion of the lodges by illuminism my action extended even over the brothers dispersed throughout poland and russia if i did not myself see it i could not give myself even a plausible explanation of the carelessness with which governments have been able to shut their eyes to such a disorder a veritable state within a state not only were the chiefs in constant correspondence and employed particular ciphers but even they reciprocally sent emissaries one to another to exercise a dominating influence over thrones such was our aim as it had been of the knight templars i thus acquired the firm conviction that the drama commenced in seventeen eighty eight and seventeen eighty nine the french revolution the regicide with all its horrors not only was then resolved upon but was even the result of these associations and oaths etc of all my contemporaries of that epoch there is not one left my first care was to communicate to william the third all my discoveries we came to the conclusion that all the masonic associations from the most humble even to the very highest degrees could not do otherwise than employ religious sentiments in order to execute plans the most criminal and make use of the first in order to cover the second this conviction which his highness prince william held in common with me caused me to take the firm resolution of renouncing masonry End of footnote. at the period of the reaction against bonaparte it seems to have taken long and wise counsel when talleyrand found that weishaupt and the inner masonry no longer approved of napoleon's autocracy he managed very adroitly that the emperor should grow cold with him he was thus free to take adverse measures against his master and to prepare himself for the coming change the whole following of bonaparte recruited from the illuminati were ready to betray him they could compass the fall of the tyrant but the difficulty for them was to find one suitable to put in his place it was decreed in their highest council that whosoever should come upon the throne of france should be as far removed as possible from being a friend to catholicity or to any principle sustaining true religion they therefore determined that if at all possible no member of the ancient house should reign and as soon as the allied sovereigns who were for the most part non-catholic had crushed napoleon these french masons demanded the protestant and masonic king of holland for king in france this failing they contrived by masonic arts to obtain the first places in the provisional government which succeeded napoleon they endeavoured to make the most of the inevitable and to rule the incoming louis the eighteenth in the interests of their sect and to the detriment of the church and of christianity notwithstanding the fact that they had shown open hostility to himself and to his house louis the eighteenth strange to say favoured the illuminati talleyrand was made minister and the other advanced freemasons of the empire Sailly, combassere fouché and the rest obtained place and power 
these men at once applied themselves to subvert the sentiment of reaction in favour of the monarchy and of religion soon louis the eighteenth gave the world the sad spectacle of a man prepared at their bidding to cut his own throat he dissolved a parliament of ultra loyalists because they were too loyal to him the freemasons took care that his next parliament should be full of its own creatures they also wrung from the king under the plea of freedom of the press permission to deluge the country anew with the infidel and immoral publications of voltaire and his confederates and with newspapers and periodicals which proved disastrous to his house to royalty and to christianity in france these led before long to the attempt upon the life of the duke of berry to the revolution against charles the tenth to the elevation of the son of the grand master egalite as constitutional king and to all the revolutionary results that have since distracted and disgraced unfortunate france but much as freemasonry effected in that country it was not there but in peaceful italy that its illuminated machinations produced the worst and most widespread fruits of death we shall see this by a brief review of the freemasonry which formed the kindred secret societies in europe End of chapter 11